Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. Praise the Lord. If you're a visitor with us, welcome. It's so great to have you. We often do series of sermons, so we'll do three or four sermons in a row, all around a particular topic. And the reason we do that is because that the way that we learn things as humans is often in, in blocks of time. The experts say if you meditate on something for three, four, five weeks, then it becomes part of your thinking, it becomes a habit, and it gets ingrained. And so we want to try and focus on an area for several weeks to just try and let the Word of God cause a change in our hearts. And the series of sermons that we're starting today is called Consumed. There is a verse in the Bible that occurs several times throughout the Bible, and it says, Our God is a consuming fire. The picture of God on the top of Mount Sinai when the, the Ten Commandments were given, uh, the altar, the fire comes and consumes the sacrifice, the pillar of flame that went before the Israelites in the wilderness. There's many, many pictures throughout the Bible of God as a consuming fire. Consume means eating up. He, he completely eats up whatever comes into his presence. But then I want to compare that and put it against this cultural idea that we have as human beings, certainly in the West, Western civilizations, but many, many parts of the world now, almost the whole world has got into a culture called consumerism. And there's these two ideas that come up against each other. Our God is a consuming fire. He wants to consume us. But we are consumers. What is a consumer? I was in the Istanbul airport about four months ago. And we were sitting there getting ready to get onto our plane. And a huge ruckus started happening where there were some passengers wanting to fly to, I think it was Kazakhstan. They were in the gate right next to us. But they had all of these bags of stuff they had bought in the duty-free shop in the airport. And they had too much. And the officials couldn't let them onto the flight because from a weight point of view, but also from the limits of how much of each product you're allowed to take, they had exceeded it by far. They had bags and bags and bags of stuff they'd bought in the duty-free shop. And this ruckus went on for a long time, at, at least half an hour. My family and I were on a layover and we were trying to sleep, actually. And it woke us up, this shouting in this foreign language. And it went on and on and on. And the, the comparison was so stark. A few minutes before, these people had been in a duty-free shop where the people behind the counter and the people who were serving them in the shop were saying, buy this! Buy this, buy more of this. This will help you. This is a wonderful product. You need this. Oh, and have you thought of buying this? And they were trying to shove more and more stuff onto them. And within a few minutes, they went from being consumers to suddenly they were in front of an official who said no. And the, the difference must have been so shocking for them. Yes, buy. No, you can't have it. And they didn't know what to do. And it was a sad situation for them because they had to leave the things that they had bought at the airport. Can you imagine? 
Someone's pushing me to buy, 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 and I'm so excited about acquiring more things. I'm a consumer. This culture, this world around us says, be a consumer. It's all about you. And suddenly you get to a situation where being a consumer is not required. In fact, it's a problem. And I believe that many of us have bought into a cultural idea and when we come into the kingdom of God, there is a conflict. I come in as a consumer. Please me. Serve me. Smile at me while you sell me things. Tell me how wonderful I am. And suddenly God says, yes, I've got lots for you, but I am the consuming fire, God says. And we say, God, serve me. And he says, no, you serve me. And suddenly we have a crisis. Isn't that true? You know, often cultural things, we don't understand, we don't even realize we have a cultural mindset. Many of us in our church are from different cultures and countries, and we've come together in a foreign country, and it's, it's great. In fact, all of us are foreigners, really, if you think about it. Every single human who ever came to another place came as a foreigner at one stage. And we come in with different cultural mindsets, and we're confronted with people who don't understand the, the kind of assumptions that make up our lives, and there's a crisis in our lives. When we moved country to America, we saw people preaching in a way that we had never dreamed preachers would preach. They wore flashy clothes and, and they danced on stage and sang their sermons and ended words with funny intonations. And I thought, what on earth is going on? This is culturally offensive to me. But I had to learn to listen for the voice of God through a cultural medium that I didn't understand. Culture can be something we don't even realize we have. I heard a story about two little young fish swimming along one day in the sea. And a big, older, mature fish swam past him. He said, morning, boys. How's the water today? And the two little fish nodded and smiled. And as they swam past, when the older one had swam away, they turned to each other. And the one said, what's water? What is water? We can be so surrounded by something that we don't even realize it's in us. And consumerism is one of those things. Consumerism is where you go into a shop and the, the way that the world is designed now, everything is designed to make you feel comfortable, happy, and the most special and important person in the world to get you to buy stuff. <laughs> but the problem is, we buy into this fake idea so that we think we are the most important person in the world. Amen? And God says, I've got so much for you. You know, God is the ultimate giver. The blessings that come from Christianity and from God are so extraordinary. I mean, life eternal in heaven with God forever. That is the ultimate benefit the benefits are huge, but he says, if you come to me, you must be willing to lay your life on the altar and give all. And if we come as a consumer, we will lose. But Jesus said, if you're willing to lay down your life, you gain. It's all upside down 
in the kingdom of God. Amen? So we're going to look at this. John chapter 6. And Jesus, verse 11, And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples, and the disciples to those sitting down, and likewise the fish, as much as they wanted. Consumer fest. Awesome. Fish and bread for thousands of people, and we didn't have to pay a cent. We got a bargain. We are the most special people in the world. Jesus and his disciples love us. They make us sit down in little picnics on the grass and they feed us fish and bread as much as we want. There is no limit. Can I have more? Yes, you can have more. Consumerism. Awesome. Verse 26 of the same chapter. Jesus answered them and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal on him. What happened was the people were fed and it was wonderful. You know, God wants to meet our needs. Amen? Have you heard of the prosperity gospel? And have you heard of the, there's some uh, controversy about it? Have you? Can I just summarize for you what the controversy is? First of all, the Bible says hundreds of times that God wants to prosper us. But some Christians have sold Christianity and said, it's not God that you're worshiping, it's actually the, the benefits that he'll give you, the prosperity. And that is the problem with the prosperity gospel, is when people come looking for the blessings instead of the blesser, God himself. And so people say, do not preach that you come to God to get benefits. And that's correct. But then we go too far to the other extreme where we say God doesn't want to prosper you. He doesn't want to bless you. You've got to be miserable all your life. And that is an error as well. There is a truth in the middle which says God does want to bless you, but seek Him, not the blessing. Does that make sense? And Jesus says to these people, He says, you've come to me for the blessing. That's great. Brother and sister, you've come to God because often, in fact, almost always, there is a blessing involved. God heals us. Hallelujah. God gives us peace. Praise the Lord. He forgives our sins. That's a benefit. There are benefits after benefits. He looks after you, protects you. He guides you. He gives you everything you need, including family, friends, relationships, every blessing you need. Yes, but a point will come... Just like in that airport in Istanbul, where you've received, you've received. But now he says, if you want to receive more, you need to be willing to be consumed by me. And this is what happened in John chapter 6. The people came to the point where Jesus said, okay, I bless you, I blessed you. But I am actually the Lord of all the earth. I am not just a shop assistant who's here to give you whatever you want. I am the king of the universe. Will you worship me? And suddenly these people started to have second thoughts. A crisis, a panic ensues inside. And maybe that's happened to you. We had a man join our church about five years ago. 
And the reason was because he, his girlfriend of 20 years had dumped him. And he said, if God will give her back to me, I will worship him. And I thought he was a genuine Christian because he was raising his hands. He was saying all the right things. But he was there for what he could get. He was a consumer. And when God didn't do the thing that he wanted, he wasn't interested in worshiping God for who he was. He was just interested in the product he could get, which was his girlfriend back. But tricky, hey? But it stabs a little bit, doesn't it? The question is, where are you and I? Have we come to worship him for who he is? Or are we just trying to get what we can get out of this relationship? There was a, a girl I met before I was married. I met her on a, on a, in a professional work-related um, context. And she was super friendly. I mean, she would smile at me. <laughs> she was kind. She, she acted like she was my best friend. And I thought she fancied me. But it was a professional relationship. And I saw her on the weekend at a lake close to where we lived. She was with some friends. And I went up to her expecting that same re reaction from her that I'd had in the professional world. And she was cold and she did not fancy me. <laughs> and I realized this consumer idea is not real. There's something real. There's something deeper. And it's not about what I can get. If you go into marriage, if we go into marriage thinking what we can get, the marriage is likely to end quite soon. But if I go in thinking about what I can give because I love this person, that marriage will last forever. Right, let's read on. Verse 33, John chapter 6. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. He who believes in me shall never thirst. I said to you that you have seen me, and yet you do not believe. And then in verse 66, it says, From that time many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. What happened was over the course of John chapter 6, Jesus is pushing these people more and more to say, it's not about bread that you can eat. It's not about the physical benefits that you can get. It's about me. I want to love you and I want you to love me. I want a relationship with you. I want to consume your life and I want you to worship me. And he, he starts off gently saying, I am the real bread of life. Yes, this bread is good, but there's a deeper need that you have for spiritual oneness with God, for forgiveness, for eternal life, for peace in your heart. I can provide that for you. It's not just about this little bit of bread. And they wouldn't get it. And he, he pressed again and again. He said, I'm talking about spiritual things, not physical things. In verse 63, he says, the flesh counts for nothing. The spirit gives life. What I'm saying to you, the words I'm speaking to you are about spiritual things. He was saying it's about the deeper issue. Stop just thinking about what you can get physically. But they just wouldn't get it. And eventually, he started saying quite extreme things. He said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you can have no part of me. He pushed and he pushed and he pushed. And I've seen this process in my life and in many other people's lives 
where a person comes in, I came in looking for benefits, but as we get closer to God, he starts to expand our minds a little bit more and say, I want to consume you. And what happens is if I resist, more and more, what can I say, contradictory, offensive things come from God towards me. He, there's, there's things that he says and that he asks me to do that do not line up with my consumer mentality. And I start to get angry. Have you ever been sitting in a sermon, maybe you are right now, and you start to feel a bit of anger? I have. In fact, I was sitting in a Bible school lecture once, and the lecturer, a very well-respected older gentleman, a professor, was lecturing. And I stood up and I shouted back at him in the, in the middle of the lecture. I was wrong. God was confronting me and saying, are you a consumer or are you willing to be consumed? And I got angry. Do you ever have that? These people got angry. Do you ever have it where you just say, this, this is unsettling to me. I'm not comfortable anymore. And we say, well, I'm not comfortable. It can't be right that I'm here. It might be that God is trying to make you uncomfortable to push you to be consumed rather than to consume. And that's what happened to these people. They left. It started with Jesus feeding 5,000 men and with women and children, usually in church, there's a lot more women and children than there are men. So you can be sure there were Many, many thousands there he fits. Let's just say 20,000 people. At the beginning of the story, there are 20,000 consumers eating bread and fish and having their bellies filled. At the end of the story, this is what Jesus says. John 6, from that time on, verse 66, many of the disciples went back and walked with him no more. So remember, there were 20,000 people following, saying, Jesus, you're wonderful. You meet all of our needs. The consumer at the duty-free shop. Oh, this airport is a lovely place. Look, they just give me more and more stuff. They make me feel so special. Jesus, you're wonderful. And then in verse 66, from that time on, many of the disciples went back and walked with him no more. Then Jesus said to the 12, do you also want to go away? There are 12 left. It's gone from 20,000 to 12. Why? Because the majority just wanted the benefits and they didn't want to have a real relationship with Christ. And Jesus says to the 12, do you, do you guys also want to go? And he's happy with that. Jesus doesn't want crowds for the sake of crowds. He wants genuine relationship with people. And you can't come into relationship with Jesus unless you're willing to bow the knee and be consumed by him. And he wants that, and he's willing for everyone to leave because those who stay must be willing to relate to him correctly. He says to the disciples, do you guys want to go as well? 19,980 something have left. Do you guys want to go? But Simon Peter said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also, we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ the Son of the living God. And that's it. That's the crux. <laughs> that's where the rubber meets the road. 
They came to the right conclusion. Lord, you have the words of eternal life. There is truth here. It's about what's true, not about how good I feel. And secondly, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. There is a lordship issue here. You are God. And as Job says, Lord, even if you slay me, yet will I trust you. So friends, a simple message to start off with this series. Next week, we're going to look at how Moses related to the burning bush. Do you remember Moses is walking along Exodus chapter 3 and he's 80 years old and he's been looking after sheep in the desert for 40 years. He's aimless. He's wondering what on earth is God doing with my life? And it says he saw a bush that was on fire, but the bush was not consumed. And he said, I will turn aside and look at this bush. And as he gets closer, he becomes the bush that is starting to have a fire burning within him, but he is not consumed. And at the end of the story, he leaves as God's representative to speak to the most powerful Pharaoh in the world and set God's people free. And we're going to look at that process of how we go from being just anybody to being consumed by the King of Kings. And it's a wonderful story. And then in the third week, we're going to look at baptism because the word baptism in the Greek is a word that means consumed. And there are three baptisms in the Bible. There's baptism in, the, in water, where a human being puts you underwater. There's baptism in the Holy Spirit, where Jesus puts you in the Holy Spirit. And there's baptism in the body of Christ, where the Holy Spirit puts me into the church, the body of Christ. And we're gonna look at how that is a picture of us being consumed. But the main message that I want us to get is what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16. He said, if anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. If anyone wants to prioritize his own life or save his own life, he will lose it. If you want to be a consumer, it doesn't end well. You'll end up at the checkout gate of the airport saying, God, the great waiter of the world. I want to get into heaven now. I've had the starters and the main course. I want the dessert. And he says, no, no, no. You needed to be consumed by me. If anyone wants to save their lives, they'll lose it. But if anyone loses their life for my sake, he will gain it. What would it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his very soul? God wants you saved. He's given everything to you and made everything possible for you to receive all the blessings. But he just says one little thing. Are you willing to throw out this cultural mindset that says the world exists to serve me? And are you willing to say, God, I am willing to be consumed by you. And friends, it, it is a mindset. It's something that we need to change in our minds and our thinkings. I, I can say the words, God can give you the strength and the help, but you need to say, God, I am choosing today to stop looking at everyone and everything to serve me. I am not the most important thing in the universe. You are. Amen? So let's stand and pray together.
Thank you, Jesus. Lord Jesus, you are so patient and gentle and kind. You give us so many chances again and again and again to get this right. Lord, we mess up so often, and yet you still keep saying again and again, come on, let's try again. Father, I thank you for giving us another chance today to get this right. And Lord, for myself, I come before you and I say, God, for the times that I've treated you like a waiter who will serve me, I am sorry. God, I know that your benefits that you give me are so amazing, but God, I choose today rather to serve you. God, I choose to get rid of the mindset of wanting everything. And Lord, I choose to just say, consume me. Whatever you want for me, Lord, you are God. Whatever you say is true. Whatever you want to do with me is okay, because you are the king of the universe. Lord. I'm sorry, Lord, for thinking the world revolves around me. I'm going to ask the musicians to play us a song, and at the end of that, or maybe during the song, I'm just going to ask you to open your heart and say, Lord, change my thinking. Amen. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes. And please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.